today. Come on, you can do better than that today. If that was for me, it'd be okay. But somebody say, Jesus. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. He's worthy of all praise and honor and glory. There's none like Jesus on today. Giving honor to God who truly is the head of our lives on today. I thank God for being here. This is where I grew up in the gospel. When people start holding me accountable for my actions. Saying, if you're going to talk this faith, you got to live this faith. If you came to strive, you came to the right church. Tell somebody you came to the right church. A man of God who's going to keep you, hold you accountable for what you do. Me and my wife were just sharing this morning about how many times when we first came to this church, pastor said, guess what? You ain't going to sing up here and praise up here if you ain't trying to change your life. And you know, coming from a Baptist church, we got upset about that. We like, hold up now, come on now. You know, we can blow the house down. No, let's say, well, you just get on out there. But thank God for a standard being in place. And not trying to shame a Baptist church, but at the same time, we got to hold our people accountable for their actions. If they sign up to be a minister, guess what? I'm going to hold you accountable. If they sign up to be a deacon, I'm going to hold you accountable. We thank God for accountability because it helps us to grow. Somebody say, I want to grow. I don't want to remain the same. You put the seed in the ground, and guess what? When it get water, guess what? You're looking for some type of growth. You're looking for some type of growth. If it don't start to grow, you're going to start questioning yourself. Did you do something right? Amen, amen, amen. I just want to give thanks this morning. To Pastor Bolden, God bless you, sir. Thank you for your great teaching, your love, and your support that you show Mount Sela, my wife and I, and my church family. My mom told me it's a must that I say that to you, too. She said, because guess what? Y'all been coming through from uh, for Mount Sela uh, Missionary Baptist Church. And we happy for that. We thank you for that. Many hands do make light work. And it's good to have a supporting cast. Tell somebody we praise God for the supporting cast. Amen. amen, amen. Also, I just want to acknowledge my church family, ministers. You know, it's so awesome being underneath 30 ministers. And one thing about me, I'm like a sponge. I soak it all in. So you may hear me say something you said up here. <laughs> you may hear me, oh, he said that. I said that. Listen, I'm a sponge. I'm a student of the gospel. I'm always learning forever learning. So, Ms. Jacquees, you may see me one Sunday on live bringing up some chains up here or something. Because I've learned so much. You never get to a point where you think you have arrived. Amen? And also, I just want to acknowledge everyone, the Johnson family, Mama Jay, the Daniels family, Charlie Goodwin, all my church family. We love you on today. We thank you for your love and support. Amen? Amen. Also, I want to acknowledge my queen. She praising, ain't she? She praising. She praising. I tell you, I praise God for my wife every day. There's plenty of times we thought we were not going to make it. But God says she will make it. And to see your wife go through that much pain, and she always tell me, thank you, Jay. I said, baby, you don't have to thank me because the shoe could be on, on the other foot. I could be going through sickness. 
I can be going through pain. So we have to acknowledge that, hey, it can be me. So God, I thank God for you being still here. Amen. Bless our children. Bless Warren. Warren is doing good running the business down here. Man, he's doing good. Somebody say he's doing good. I'm proud of him. I thank God for him. Bless my oldest boy, Geronte. Continue to pray for Tay. He's doing awesome. We just speaking life to him. Jasmine, that baby is due. Guess what? It's going to be some noise in the Thompson household. It's going to be some noise. They know more than walking through the house doing what you want to do. It's going to be some noise in there. But I'm grateful. I'm grateful. Raising kids made me grow up. Amen? Amen. So, God, hey, I pray I haven't missed anyone. I just praise God. And thank God for 26 years. Hallelujah. You're still standing. The pandemic didn't hold you down. Listen, listen, listen. If we can go to a football game, we can come to church. Oh, somebody say, you sound like pastor up here. But it's the truth. If you can go get your nails done, that's close proximity. She breathing all over you and he breathing all over you. <laughs> but you still there, right? Somebody say, I got to make it back to church. Come on now. Forsake not the assembly of the saints. Amen? Amen. To God be the glory. Let's, let's say, I, Latham told me not to preach a long time. He said, brother, I know you preach a long time. I say, Latham, but what about when you up here? You preach a long time too. Why, brother, can't get it all out? Amen. Let us go before God in prayer. Eternal God, our Father, we love you on today. We thank you for your power, your wisdom, your knowledge, your understanding, Lord God. We thank you for using your manservant. Lord God, right now, we thank you for your power. You said, if we turn unto you for reproof, you'll pour out your spirit and you'll make known your words unto us, God. Lord God, use your manservant, Lord God. Move self out of the way, Lord God. Start my words, finish my words, God. Lord God, I thank you for, this is the place where I said, yes, I will respond to the call. And Lord God, I'm forever grateful, Lord God. I forever remember what you do. And Lord God, bless the people of God. Help us to be productive hearers and listeners of your word. People of application. Somebody say people of application. People who apply your word. So, Lord God, we love you on today. We praise God for who, what you do, Lord God, and move self out of the way. And we love you on today. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. 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 Our scripture on today, if you would turn to Acts, the 26th chapter, verse number 28. I mean, verse number 18. We have to say, man. And the scripture reads, to open their eyes. Somebody say, to open their eyes. In order to turn them from darkness to light. And from the power of Satan to God, that they may receive forgiveness of sins and an inheritance among those who are sanctified by faith in me. You may be seated in the presence of God on today. Amen. Your theme for this year has been the year of great triumph, correct? My topic on today is victory disclosed. Somebody say victory disclosed. My objective is to encourage the body of Christ to continue to bring great joy to the city. I could, I, could, I could not stray away from that scripture. And they brought great joy in the city. 
to encourage the body of Christ to bring great joy. A church is supposed to bring great joy to the city. So many times we think about our favorite team. We can be 0-10. The NFL team can be 0-10. And guess what? They'll lose the whole season for a number one draft pick. Can I get amen in this place? They'll lose the whole season for a number one draft pick. Somebody say, that's crazy. That's scary because you put all your hope and trust in one man. Oh, come on, can I get an amen in this place on today? You can't put your whole, your whole uh, season into one man because he may blow a knee. That's why the NFL stands for, not for long. He may go back to throw a pass and he mess up his own. But tell somebody, I know who you can put your life in. His name is Jesus. Come on now. You can put it all in his hands. You can count it all joy. You can put your life in his hands. You can put your church in his hands. There's nothing too hard for our God on today. Pee Wee, you can put your business in his hands. One man of God say, if you gave the ball to me, I wouldn't know what to do with it. But if you gave the ball to LeBron James, tell somebody he'll know what to do with it. Tell somebody, put your situation in God's hand on today. Somebody need to put that situation in God's hand. Because if you don't put it in his hand, guess what? You're going to fall to the wayside. But tell somebody, if you do, you know where you're going. Tell somebody, I know where I'm going this morning. Listen. Victory disclosed. Is it meant for me not to tell a man what God has done in my life? Is it meant for me not to tell a, a woman what God has done in my life? It's meant for you to tell what God has done in your life. In the book of Mark, so many healings took place. Mark, you would have thought Mark was an apostle. Tell me, Holy Spirit, as I preach this lesson. You would have thought that Mark was an apostle, but tell somebody he was in relationship. When you're in relationship, you can call on Jesus just like I can. You don't need pastor to get a word through. You can get a word from the Lord just by being in relationship with him. You ain't got to call on pastor. True enough, pastor love that, but guess what? Pastor go through some things through too. But when you know how to call on Jesus for yourself, tell somebody, we know the same God. We know the same God, the God that can, can, can do exceedingly abundantly above all we ask or think. Tell somebody, we know the same God. But Jesus would heal the people of leprosy, and he would tell them, don't tell nobody. Did, did you really try, did you think about that? He said it so many times where he said, don't tell somebody, nobody. But guess what? As we remember in the Gospels, well, guess what? When Mary came in contact with Elizabeth, what happened? There was joy on the inside. This baby is moving on the inside. Guess what? You're going to tell somebody. Whatever you're going through, you're impregnated by Jesus. You're going to tell somebody. We sitting inside the room last week, and my daughter say, the baby is doing something on the inside. That's what God is doing in your life. He's doing something on the inside, so guess what? You can speak out about it. I'm going to say that again. He's doing something on the inside, so you can speak out about it. 
How many people are not afraid to speak out about what God's done in your life? But guess what? He healed those people. And the story I like the best, one of my favorites, I think that God is challenging us. He's challenging us to say something. We find out something, we'll tell everybody. You know what happened to such and such? Now, we'll tell gossip, but we won't tell the good gospel, which is the good news. So God is challenging us to tell that you went through sickness in your body, to tell that God done healed you from a broken marriage, to tell that he done restored you 100%. He's telling you that. He's challenging you to do so. So the story when the man has so many legions of things going on the inside, have you ever been in contact with a person, they, you feel like they all messed up? Every time you get in contact with them, you say, man, there's something going on with that brother or that sister. The righteous thing is to do is to talk to them, to pray for them, to intercede for them, to speak a word of life to them. Legion. The man possessed with over 3,000 demons in him. That's a reality. Every day people got stuff going on in the inside. Now you may not, but they do. Voices telling them to hurt themselves and harm themselves. Just last week, my cousin took a gun and killed himself. Two months ago, my wife's cousin did the same thing. So what is God challenging us to do? To minister right inside the household first. I'm stay right there. Minister inside the household first because while you're ministering to everybody else, you can have chaos in your household. Oh, come on now. Come on now. Your child can be all messed up. He can be all messed up. But guess what? If you speak a word over him and say, guess what? God has something great for you in store. Man of leprosy had been hanging around the cemetery. Some of y'all hanging around dead things. See, Pastor, I, I got to use myself. I ain't got to go too far to use. I don't have to use you. I have to use myself. Hanging around dead things. Dead things that don't profit me anything. Dead things that don't profit me nothing. That's why I always say, man, God, my, my father always say, you need to have your mind and your heart set on one woman. Not two women. Because that's the main reason I would come to church sometimes, to see who I can find. <laughs> to see who I can hold on to. But guess what? Jesus cast out that demon. I'm being real with you because some people still going through that. Some people still come to church to find women. Find them, find men. That's the reason why they come to church. They ain't come to church for the word of God. But to remove that demon, to cast out that demon, when you're in contact with a person now, you ain't thinking about getting in their drawers. You're thinking about giving Jesus, giving them, offering them Jesus Christ in their life. Guess what? He is the El Shaddai. He is the great I am. He is the author and the finish of our faith. I ain't thinking about that now. I can come in contact with you, and guess what? I'm going to lead you to Jesus. 
I'm going to lead you to Jesus because guess what? The greater one lives on the inside. So when I speak about him, I ain't speaking that, hey, he can't do nothing. I'm speaking that he can do something in your life. I can't believe that pastor just said that. Guess what? They saying it every day. Your children saying the same thing every day. You preaching Christ to them, but guess what? When they go to school, they saying something different. So the man has so many demons living inside his mind. But somebody say when he came in contact with Jesus. The contact can be in your phone. But guess what? If you don't know the contact, there's no need to even call the contact. Because guess what? When you call the contact, they're going to say, who is this again? But when you know the contact, you can get what you need from the Lord. Tell somebody I know the contact today. Come on, y'all ain't making no noise for me today. Y'all too quiet. It's supposed to be y'all anniversary on today. So the demon was terrorizing the man. Nobody could walk past the man. People were afraid of the man. They were afraid of the man. They couldn't get a word to the man. They couldn't pray for the man. They couldn't do nothing. But tell somebody Jesus could. Jesus. Because guess what? Jesus is trying to tell the people, victory shouldn't be hidden. It should be, guess what? Disclosed, disclosed and revealed. He wanted to share with the people, guess what? I got something in store for you. So when the man, I'm going to add my own two cents to it. The man was running to Jesus. I picture the man running to Jesus. He was about to get ready to hit Jesus. But when he seen the power of the living God, he had to bow down. <laughs> see, see, that's the beauty of when, you know, that's the beauty of when you can tell a story. I mean, when he came in contact with Jesus, he had to hit the floor. Tell somebody I had to bow down to the God Almighty, the great I am. And when God restored his body, his mind and his soul, he asked Jesus something. He asked him, he said, do you want me to go with you? Oh, y'all got to get somebody this. He don't want you to go with him because he already know who he is. He wants you to tell people because they remember when you used to walk around butt naked. <laughs> they remember when you used to walk around butt naked. You was all exposed. You got to let them know, somebody help me to put some clothes back on. Oh, y'all got to get happy about that. Somebody help me to put some clothes on. Well, I see myself spiritually clothed in righteousness. Physically clothed in righteousness. Spiritually and physically clothed in righteousness. Got to give you a victory scripture. Then we're going to go to uh, Acts the 8th chapter. Then we're going to close this thing out. Somebody say victory scripture. See, victory, victory has been defined as overcoming or winning in a competition or struggle over an opponent or difficult problems. In Deuteronomy, the 20th chapter, verse number four, you don't have to turn there. For the Lord your God is the one who goes with you to fight for you against your enemies to give you victory. Now, you ain't fighting the battle by yourself. Somebody fighting it for you. All you got to do is get up in the morning. I tell people all the time, I may not have a job at all, but I get up and get dressed like I got two or three jobs. 
And somebody say, by faith, when you start walking, God start responding. Come on now, on today, by faith, when you walking, he'll do the rest. He already done went before you, straighten every crooked place in your life. Tell somebody he's fighting your battle. You may be sick in your body, but he's fighting your battle. Your children may be acting up, but he's fighting your battle. You ain't doing nothing. Tell somebody I ain't doing nothing. Go to Acts the 8th chapter. Acts the 8th chapter. We ain't doing nothing. We ain't doing nothing. God doing everything. I'm going to give you another victory scripture before we go to Acts the 8th chapter. Tell somebody victory. Victory belongs to us. God didn't make no, he didn't make no excuses. He said in his word that victory belongs to us. Go to 1 John. I tell you what, I always remember, pastor told us to make sure we bring our Bible up here. You cannot depend on that internet in this church. I'll tell you. I never forget, Pastor told us, them, told us in them leadership meetings, you see what happened when you depend on that internet? I truly do, Pastor. You're right now. We can't depend on that internet. You don't have to turn now. First John, the uh, fifth chapter, verse number four. For whatever, somebody say for whatever, is born of God, overcomes the world. And this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. Listen, we are children of God. And he has overcame things. We're the overcomers. He went down to hell and stole, uh, beat Satan up and stole the keys. So we can have victory in our lives. Ain't no reason why we should be saying, woe is me. Because guess what? He's leading the way. All we got to do is make sure we do what? Operate by faith. Believe it. No doubt it. We're replacing my unfaithfulness with faithfulness. Replacing my doubt with belief. That's the God we serve. He done overcame some things in our life. So why is it that we live below our meanings? Why is that? We don't have to live like that when God undefeated some things in our life. But it, the choice is ours. He's given us the power of choice. Guess what? When you look at God as the one that can move mountains, we want to make sure that, guess what? God ain't telling us that we need to climb over the mountain. He's telling us we need to do what? We need to speak to the mountain. That's powerful now. Hey, don't try to add your two cents to it, saying, hey, guess what? I'm just going to climb over. No, he said you can just speak to a thing. When you speak to something, you have to believe by faith, guess what? It's going to come to pass. Tell somebody, I'm believing it's going to come to pass. Go to Acts 8 chapter. One of the things I appreciate about Acts 8 chapter.
what we understand and what we, what we know and what we believe is that at this point in the apostles' life, they were now standing out for Jesus Christ. They had graduated from disciples to apostles. They started believing God's word and started applying God's word to their life. They were the people who were turning the world upside down. Evangel evangelizing is very important in this world. You cannot just be concerned about self. When you have defeated some things, you have to tell the next man about it. That's what they did. Guess what? They left when Jesus stayed with them 40 days and 40 nights. He said, guess what? It's a work for you to do. It's a powerful thing when you teach someone something and you can leave them to do the job. It brings me great joy that now I can leave Warren to do the job. He can finish the job and he can start the job. Guess what? That means I can do something else. Come on now. Get that, get that. That means you can do something else. I don't have to be worried about what Warren do because he's thinking like me. He knows what I expect, and guess what? He's going to perform the way I tell him to perform. He spent so much time with me, he know what I expect. So when Charlie tell him, oh, it's fine, Warren. When Charlie say, oh, it's fine, Warren. Charlie, uh, Warren say, I know what my daddy expects. On today, you know what your daddy expects this morning. He's calling you to higher heights. You know what your daddy expects. Regardless of what everybody else say, you know what your daddy expects on today. Charlie, don't beat me up. Don't beat me up, Charlie. But the apostles had grew in the word of God. They were turning the world upside down. Tell somebody, we need to turn the world upside down. Let's start reading. Let's start reading. I know I'm already, probably in an hour already. Go to Acts 8 chapter. Listen, listen. Now Saul was consenting to his death. He was permitting the death. What we had seen in Acts the, the seventh chapter, right? We've seen Stephen Tell them people off. He literally told them off. He told them, guess what? You stiff-necked jokers. You disobedient jokers. Guess what? You so concerned about the outside of the cup where you should, you, where you, where you should be concerned about the inside of the cup. He tell them, he say, you should exceed it in your righteousness. You, super, you should surpass the righteousness of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. He said, guess what? I didn't kill Jesus. You killed Jesus. How is it that the, we got to understand this, that we all on the same team? We shouldn't be fighting against one another. We all on the same team. We live in the same household, so why we fight? We, we worshiping in the same church, so why we fight? I don't have to be mad because this man of God church growing and not mine. I, what I need to be doing is saying, guess what? I will bless the Lord at all times, and his praises are always in my mouth. Because guess what? Because what God has for me is for me. I don't have to be talking and bashing you. It's for me. Tell somebody it's for me. So we, find, we know that in chapter 7 that Stephen was 
speaking a word of truth to the Pharisees and the Sadducees. At that time, a great persecution arose against the church, which was at Jerusalem, and they were all scattered throughout the regions of Judea and Samaria, except the apostles. Now listen, you think about it, you reflect back now. In the Gospels, when persecution hit, they scattered, and they did not preach the gospel. Always compare and contrast. When they scattered, nobody talked about Jesus. When Jesus died on the cross. But now, somebody say they have graduated. Now when they scatter, they doing what? They talking about Jesus. That's a sign of growth. So they persecuted and they scattered. And guess what? The apostles remained. But somebody say a Philip rose up. A Philip who was a man that was supposed to be washing and cleaning tables. Luther King always said, if you're going, whenever you do something, do it great. He said, if you're going to be a janitor, be a be the greatest janitor. Be the best sweeper, the best cleaner. If you're going to be a, a supervisor, be the greatest supervisor. You should always do greatness. Operating greatness in your life. So Philip, he steps on the scene. He comes out from washing tables to preach the good news. Understand this, we're not talking about the apostle Philip. We're talking about the deacon, a servant. And now, we, I got to say a little something. When you think you're a deacon that's supposed to be running things, that ain't what you're supposed to be doing. You ain't supposed to be running things. Listen, the servant, uh, Philip himself, had watched them because the only reason Philip was present is because there was chaos in the church. And they were fighting amongst one another. And guess what happened? They started putting leaders in, Holy Spirit-filled leaders in place. And guess what? That Holy Spirit filled them, and they branched off from cleaning tables to preaching the gospel. Now, Philip, an evangelist, he goes out and starts preaching the gospel to the people. And you got to understand this. When you step out on faith, you have to understand and know that God is there with you when you step out on faith. So Philip steps out even though persecution had took place. He could have been afraid of his life. Come on now. He could have been afraid for his life, but guess what? He was elevated to do something great. See, we don't embrace persecution. I'm going to stay right here for a minute. Lose your house, lose your car, you lose all this stuff. You go through all this turmoil and, and tribulation and trials. Joseph in the Bible, he went through all these trials and tribulations, and he told his brothers once he had Seen the promised land. And not only seen it, but set in the seat. Set in the seat of honor. He said what you meant, to eat, what, uh, meant for evil, God meant it for good. So what we should do is embrace persecution. Because when persecution comes, God is trying to use us to go higher in our lives. Because anything, they would have just stayed in Jerusalem. Because you know how we get comfortable? Amen. Stay right there for a minute. Ain't going to go nowhere. God calling you to leave from being an usher. You already out there being an usher. You preaching already. 
the people can't even come in because you already preaching. You always got a word from the Lord. God done told you to go through the ministering classes so you can preach up here. But instead, you want to stay on the wall. I ain't going to get too many amens now. Everybody see it, but you don't see it. You got to come out of your comfort zone because God is calling you higher. You, you run in the parking lot. You run in the parking lot. You preach in the parking lot. But you won't preach up here. God is calling you to go high in your life. Step out of your comfort zone. Somebody say, step out of your comfort zone. Listen. He say, step out of your comfort zone. God said, step out of your comfort zone. Comfort zone. Listen. He said, and devout men and carried Stephen to his burial and made great lamentation over him. As for Saul, he made havoc of the church, entering every house and dragging off men and women, committing them to prison. Here it is right here. Christ is preached in Samaria. Therefore, those who were scattered went everywhere preaching the word. Somebody say, then Philip. Then Philip went down to the city of Samaria and preached Christ to them. And the multitudes with one accord heeded the things spoken by Philip hearing and seeing the miracles which he did. For unclean spirits, crying with a loud voice, came out of many who were possessed, and many who were paralyzed and lame were healed. Many were paralyzed and lame and healed. So that, that's, that's telling us that we got to make sure we speak a word over somebody. We got to acknowledge their healing. Now, now, if first lady why was still in the bed, we'll be questioning God. But now that she's up here, we got to make sure we elevate her and praise God for her healing. Because we got to understand, what we have to make sure we understand is that God was doing the miracles to show evidence. One thing about evidence, when evidence presents itself, come on now. I was watching a show one day, one of my ID shows, and the lady was guilty. She knew she was guilty. They had some evidence, but guess what? They could never, you know, you know, pronounce that she's guilty. But a smooth investigator came in one day, and he got the case. He grabbed the empty box and put evidence on the box. There was nothing in the box. But when the lady seen the box with evidence written on it, she couldn't do nothing but start talking and crying. What am I saying on the day? When evidence presents itself, you will speak. Evidence done presented itself. You done seen God work in your life, and guess what? It needs to speak to you. Tell somebody, it's going to speak in my life. It's going to speak in my life. Evidence presented itself. Listen, and there was great joy in the city. There was great joy in your house, Miss Jesse. There was great joy in your house, Miss, Mr. and Mrs. Wilson. You know, I always present my marriage to people. Because my marriage, we done had some bad days and some good days. But guess what? We built our marriage on a solid and good foundation. 
And the word of God will touch us every time on Sunday. We can be fussing at everything during the weekday, but guess what? On Sunday, pastor had a word for us. And when we hit the door, we guess what we say? Baby, I love you. You look so good. Because guess what? You have to believe and, and, and understand that God always have a word for you every time you walk through these doors. The word is intended for you. Don't think the pastor talking about you. He's for you because you know what? If God be for us, who can be against us? Listen. Listen, he say, and there was great joy in the city. The sorcerer's profession of faith. But there was a certain man called Simon who previously practiced sorcery in the city and astonished the people of Samaria, claiming that he was someone great, to whom they gave heed from the least to the greatest, saying, this man is the great power of God. And they heeded him because he had astonished them with his sorceries for a long time. How long you been reading? What you call it? Your uh, horoscope. You know, I, I just need to know what, what, what the future beholds for me. I need to know what's going to happen in my life. And see, we got to understand in the Old Testament, God forbid it that. And guess what? He came to fulfill the law, not to abolish the law. So if he said it in the old, he still meant it in the new. So we got to make sure we could get away from that stuff because that's not of God. Amen? He holds our future in his hand. He knows the future of this church. Where this church going to go? I always applaud pastor because a musician never was able to put a demand on uh, uh, the body of Christ at this church. He was never able, if, if the music ain't good, I done seen pastor move forward with no music. <laughs> he ain't got to have no music. He'll go to tracks. He don't have to have tracks. Because guess what? The word of God will stand forever. The Bible say heaven and earth will pass away, but my word will stand forever. I get too many amens right there, Pastor. But I'm with, I'm with you, PB. Listen, but when they believed Philip as he preached the things concerning the kingdom of God and the name of Jesus Christ, both men and women were baptized. Then Simon himself was also believed, and when he was baptized, he continued with Philip and was amazed seeing the miracles and signs which was done. The sorcerer's sin. Now, you got to understand in this, this particular chapter, the sorcerer, he thought he can buy salvation. You cannot buy salvation. Salvation is a free gift. The same way water is free, salvation is free. And what we have to understand about salvation, guess what? It was God's righteousness. In his own hand that delivered him. Listen here. It was his own hand and his own righteousness that took him to the cross. Y'all got to get excited about that. It wasn't nobody else. In the book of Isaiah, he say, when everybody else you thought they was going to be there, guess what? It was your own righteousness that, righteousness that stood fast for you. It was your own righteousness. It was nobody else who helped Jesus along the way. And we got to make sure we drive that home to people. Guess what? Salvation is free. Salvation will never diminish in your life. 
And we have to understand that his joy that he gives us is an everlasting joy. And I'm going to stay right there for a minute with this joy thing. You're going to come to times in your life where you may experience joylessness. Elijah, for, for example, he defeated 400 prophets of Baal. And guess what? When he did that, two chapters later, one chapter later, he said, Lord, take my spirit. Take me away from here. Because you have to always remember the victories that you won and how you won the victories. Come on now. Who brought you through? So guess what? You're going to always piggyback on the victory that you won that day. You're going to piggyback on the victory you won in the past. You got to always remember what does said the Lord, what he's done in your life. Job the same way. Job had some good days. But guess what did he say? I cursed the day of my birth. But when you have that everlasting joy that's deep down on the inside, well, you know when it's deep down, down on the inside, you know how to pull all those things to the surface what brought you through. Amen? Let's go to the Ethiopian. I'm about to end. Acts 8, chapter, verse 26. Now an angel of the Lord spoke to Philip, saying, Arise and go toward the south along the road, which goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. This is desert. Now listen here. But y'all stay with me on this. You see, before Philip, he just went. No angel appeared to him. Embrace divine intervention. Now an angel is placed in his life. So, you know, this is something amazing for people of Christ. Hey, now you just did things by faith. Now you had a spirit of God presenting itself to you. You got to get excited about that. You know, you want a word from the Lord. Now you are walking by faith. Now God's divine intervention is placed. Now, what does Philip do? He don't, he don't contemplate and go back and forth with the angel. He said, you know what, I'm going to go. Where is God calling you to go? Where is he calling you to go? Is he telling you to go to this neighborhood, to that neighborhood? And this is what I like right here. God told me, he said, you may go to a neighborhood, but you may be in a grocery store, and you won't, you'll see somebody that don't look like you, and you'll go another way. That's your opportunity to the minister. But instead, what you do, you run to the side. You avoid that person. You don't supposed to be doing that. We need to see and save those which are lost. In regards if they look like us or not, we got, a, we got an assignment, don't we? Come on, give God a hand clap of praise. Listen. He say, arrive and go toward the south along the road, which, does not, which goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. This is desert. So he arose and went, and behold, a man, the Ethiopian, a eunuch of great authority under Cadence, the queen of the Ethiopians, who had charge of all her treasury and had come to Jerusalem to worship, was returning and sitting in his chariot. He was reading Isaiah the prophet. He was reading the, 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 the book of the Bible that taught.
talk so much about our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. That's the one. You're torn up in your spirit. You're hurting your spirit. You need a word from the Lord. Tell somebody you went to the right place. You went to the right Savior. He that dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide underneath the shadows of the Almighty. Somebody say secret place. Get somebody this, y'all. Was returning and sitting in, this, in his chariot. He was reading Isaiah the prophet. Then the spirit said to Philip, go near and overtake the chariot. So Philip ran to him and heard him reading the prophet Isaiah and said, do you understand what you're reading? Come on now. Do you understand what you're reading? I, I was telling Keisha one day and telling some people that it's something about a great teacher. When you get in contact with a great teacher, he'll make the pages, the words come off the pages for you. I was in, in geometry, and, and I was a bad math student. And then I came in contact with a good teacher. That good teacher made me understand something I never did understand. That's the same way Jesus is. If you don't understand on today, you come to the right place. The Holy Spirit, the indwelling spirit, the endowment of the Holy Spirit will help you to understand. Anytime you sit down, he will give you a word. Anytime you sit down, you know the miraculous is going to show up in your life. But guess what? You got to do what the eunuch did. So the eunuch did what? He sat down. Tell somebody he sat down. Listen. Somebody say he sat down. He say Philip ran and heard him and, uh, Philip ran to him and heard him reading the prophet Isaiah and said, do you understand what you're reading? And he said, how can I let someone guide me? And he asked Philip to come up, come up and sit with him. The place of the scripture which he read was this. He was led as a sheep to the slaughter. Who was led as a sheep to the slaughter? Say it a little bit louder. Who was led? Y'all got it now. He said, and as a lamb before its shear, it's silent. So he opened out his mouth. Somebody say he didn't say a word. He clearly stated, nobody take my life. I give my life up freely. Hey, listen, listen. He said, guess what? If I wanted to, I can shut you down right now. But guess what? Nobody take my life. I give it up freely on today. He gave his life freely up for you all. That's something to get excited about. He say, and who would declare his name to this generation? For his life is taken from the earth. So the eunuch answered Philip and said, I ask you of whom does the prophet say this of himself or of some other man? Then Philip opened his mouth and began at this scripture, preach Jesus to him. Now as they went down the road, they came to some water and the eunuch said, see, here is water. Come on now, get this now. Nobody told him that he needed to be baptized. He said, guess what? There's some water right there. He spoke it. He said, guess what? There's water. Guess what? Put me in that water. That's symbolic. That's what John was telling the people. Guess what? Guess what? The old man goes down, and guess what? When, when he comes up, the new, a new creature is Christ Jesus. Guess what? Was the unit sad about being baptized? Somebody say, no, he wasn't. 
Verse number 37, he said, then Philip said, if you believe with all your heart, somebody say all your heart. Not half of your heart, all your heart. For the scripture clearly say, serve me with your whole heart so you can show forth all thy marvelous works. We don't want no half-hearted Christians. He wants us to be wholehearted. Amen? Amen. And that, that's the same thing. You can't uh, serve two masters. Either, either you love the one or you hate the other. So we got to make it a must that we have one master in our life. Amen? Amen. Listen, he said, he said, your heart you may, and the answer, verse 37, and he answered and said, I believe that Jesus Christ is the son of God. So he commanded the chariot to stand still, and both Philip and the eunuch went down into the water, and he baptized them. Verse number 39, and when they came up out of the water, somebody say, when they came up, the spirit of the Lord caught Philip away, so that the eunuch saw him no more, and he went on his way rejoicing. Somebody rejoice on today. He went on his way rejoicing. God showed up, and he showed out. Now listen, anytime you're in contact, you should rejoice. I, re I will rejoice in the Lord always, and I will rejoice. Again, I say I will rejoice. Give God a hand clap of praise on today. You can't put a limit on rejoicing. You got to learn how to Praise God in the good times and in the bad times. Because when you do that, that's exercising faith when you're praising him in advance for what he's going to do. That's a sacrifice of praise. You giving him the praise. I know I'm sick in my body. I know I'm overwhelmed right now. But I'm going to praise him at all times. Give God a hand clap of praise on today. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. On today, we have, we have four, three appeals. Our first appeal is the appeal of salvation. Salvation is a free gift. It's to all. But the scripture clearly states, whosoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. That's black, white, Hispanic. Salvation don't discriminate. So whoever wants to call on the name of the Lord on today, all you have to do is signify by raising your hand. Amen. All the saved. Give God a hand clap of praise on today. Our second appeal is the ministry of the Holy Spirit. For the uh, scripture clearly states, if you turn unto him for reproof, he'll pour, you, he can pour, you'll pour out your spirit and he'll make known his words unto us. A spiritual blessing gift that God gave to his apostles to equip them, to give them uh, comfort and confidence, to preach the word with uh, boldness. If you desire to have the Holy Spirit in your life, signify by raising your hand on today. Amen. Our third appeal, if you need a church home on today, you have came to the right place. Loving pastor, Pastor Bolden, loving congregation. If you desire to make striving your church home, signify by raising your hand on today. 
Amen. Our last appeal, if you need prayer on today, somebody say prayer changes things. If you have an issue that you're going through in your life, if you want to come to the altar, you can. If you want to intercede with someone on the wall, you can. Hallelujah. We praise God for prayer on today. If you will, stand to your feet. Let's lift your hands before God on today. Lord God, when we lift our hands before you, it's a sign of surrender, God. We surrender, Lord God, in our hearts, our minds, and our souls, Lord God. We declare and we believe that no weapon formed against us shall prosper, Lord God. Lord God, we declare that we are the head and not the tail. We are above and not beneath, Lord God. We're the victor and not the victim on today, Lord God. Lord God, someone today, Lord God, the words moved them. They felt something in their spirit, but they did not move on today. Lord God, you see them where they are, Lord God. Right now, we ask that they'll, if their hands are lifted, that you would come into their lives, Lord God. Remove all doubt and shame and pain, Lord God. Lord God, you said in your word, if you create in us a clean heart, oh God, and renew a right spirit within us. Lord God, right now, today, that person has given their life to Christ, Lord God. And Lord God, today, someone home is broken on today. Someone is messed up on today, Lord God. They need a word from you, God. Lord God, right now, help us to exercise our faith, Lord God, to be hearers and doers of your word, Lord God. Because the only person that we deceive is our own selves on today, God. And Lord God, bless this body, Lord God. Lift them up, encourage their hearts, their minds, their souls, Lord God. They're standing on the promises of Jesus, Lord God. Right now, bless this ministry, Lord God. We thank you for what they're doing, Lord God. This ministry will continue to stand out. Bless the man of God, Lord God. Lift his spirit up, Lord God. Continue to give him direction and wisdom and knowledge and understanding, Lord God. And Lord God, right now, we ask that you increase our faith, Lord God. So we love you on today. We, we speak prosperity spiritually, physically, and financially. In Jesus' mighty name, we pray. And the church say, amen. Give God a shout of praise on today, God. Give me your